Hello and welcome to another Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. Today, we are back to the interviews. It's been a while since I released my last interview, but I'm really excited to share this one with you. Today's guest is Thibaut. He is a returning guest here in the podcast. He was first featured in episode 122. And back then, Tweet Hunter, his startup, was just starting. Don't get me wrong, it was already showing a lot of potential. I believe that MRR, when we talked, was around the 5K, which is already much better than any of my projects so far. But no one could imagine how much this company would grow in the next year. Thibaut, together with his co-founder, Thomas, were able to grow his company to an evaluation of multiple millions. Then they eventually sold it to another company. And Thibaut is probably, I guess, the second indie millionaire that I interview here in the podcast, being the first one, Peter Levels. This is really exciting for me. It shows that more and more of indie companies have the potential to become million-dollar companies, companies that you can actually sell, companies that bring a lot of value. But I know what you're thinking. How did they take a company that was making a couple of thousand MRR to a company that was sold for multiple million in less than two years? In this interview, you will learn that because I asked all the details of Thibaut's process growing Tweet Hunter. Everything will be laid out in this interview. I have learned a lot and I am sure that you will too. Before we start, let me thank to today's sponsor, HiveOE, by my good friend Luca. I've been using this tool since the beginning and it has been uh, life-changing for my business. So if you are looking to automate your Twitter DMs or to use it as a way to generate new leads, then you might want to check out HiveOE and we'll be talking more about it in today's episodes. Now, let's get started with our interview. All right, cool. I, I like your background. Where are you actually? I'm in Paris right now. You're in it's Paris? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm freezing right now. <laughs> I was in Bali like a few weeks ago and now I'm freezing in Paris. How cold? What's the temperature? It's uh, minus one. Oh, yeah, that's cold. It's really <laughs> cold. But is that your office? Uh, it's my new office, like the... The company, Empire, the company who acquires us, mm -hmm. yeah, hits their office. As you can hear, Thibaut was recording this interview from his new offices. The offices belonging to the company that acquired Tweet Hunter. The name of this company is Lempire. Lempire is a B2B company that helps other businesses to manage their relationships. One of their most famous products is called Lemlist which helps businesses to start conversations with their new potential leads. Last time we talked, it was September 8, 2021. Do you, do you remember what yep. was the MRR of uh, Sweet Hunter back then? It depends because like in September, we went from like 5K to 20K just in, in <laughs> September, 2021. So it was, it was like the tweet launch of Tweet Hunter. I was, um, I was listening to the interview, re-listening. And uh, you, I remember you saying 
that you had a partnership prepared with a, a famous Twitter account, but you didn't mention. <laughs> so it was before your um, your partnership with, uh, how do you say, J.K. Molina? How do yes, you say J.K. Molina. And enter J.K. Molina or one J.K. Molina on Twitter. He is an influencer in the money Twitter sphere and his motto is likes ain't cash. He helps people to monetize their audience. He was a ghostwriter on Twitter, and before that, he was selling perfumes and t-shirts. Funny enough, JK is only 23 years old. He has been an entrepreneur from the start, and his partnership with Thibaut and Toma was game-changer for the growth of TweetHunter. And this was my first lesson of this whole journey, something that I've never thought. A good partnership can be really game-changer for the growth of a company. I, I want to know more about this partnership you did. So until your partnership to um, with uh, Jacob Molina, it was you and and your you had a co-founder with you, right? Tom, Toma, right? Yes. Yep. Toma. Um, and you th so tell me about this reasoning. You thought, okay, this is not enough. Like we need someone to help us do this boost because you're already growing so well. Why did you decide to do this partnership? It, it, it appeared like a shortcut for uh, better growth. And the, the alignment was perfect. Like uh, this guy, Chicken Monina, was, it, it, he has a course, a Twitter course. And in mm -hmm. this course, he was teaching the exact method that we were promoting with Twitter. It, the idea is like, um, as, a, as a writer, you need to build a swipe file, which is basically right. um, a file or a content that's that's actually like the the best contents, the best content that you you should be you should should want to, to create. And just mm -hmm. just by looking at these great contents, you will write great content. It's like if you are if you are writing a tweet, just look at awesome tweets. Uh, a wall of them and and you will then write better tweets right and okay. he was teaching this this method and uh that was exactly what twitter was about so uh the conversation was very easy we had the same goal and um and we were very we were ready to give away shares of of the products uh to to build something big like we, we really wanted mm -hmm. to to build something big. And the idea at the time was to get acquired in less than a year. Uh, we definitely didn't reach that. Oh, but, yeah. It was still, one year and a half. <laughs> yeah. It, it made sense to uh, work with a very big Twitter influencer to reach that goal. Do you remember the DM you sent to Jake Molina? I think it was something pretty basic, like... A, Hey, I just I'm I'm building this thing, and you want to try it? Uh, I'm I'm looking for feedback, something like that. Okay, so you you, were, you didn't reach out with the possibility of a partnership? No, he did. Like he answered that he loved the tool, and he wanted equity. For what? For like promoting it, and he okay. he kind of became like the EMO of the tool, promoting mm -hmm. it, planning on the marketing campaigns. He was not only the influencer, he was actually working on that. How many, how big was his account on Twitter? I think it was like 40K, 
followers uh, at the time with a very high engagement compared okay. to other people with the same number of followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but we we sort of like we we bet on him. Uh, we knew he was growing quite fast, and he was good at selling. Like he was not right. only good at at getting followers, he was good at at making uh, money from from what he was building. Like he was good at at converting people from like a free stages to like a a, a, a paid subscription or. Mm-hmm. Right. So, do you recall the conversation between you and Toma when you first got this option, this, uh, this partnership option? I don't know the exact things, but it was it was super hard to um, to set up a contract that would protect us in case of anything that would go bad. So we were like we talked a lot with Toma about the numbers, the percentages. Um, yeah, it's it was super high because there was basically no benchmark. Like it was right. it was super uh, atypical to find this kind of partnership be- between uh, influencer and startup founders. So we just we just had to build it by ourselves mm-hmm. and. And when I look at the contract right now, it's so bad. Like it's really bad. So we were we were quite lucky that things uh, went went well. But uh, there was so many things that could have gone wrong. Well, like, what what was wrong about the contract? Like basically, the if if um, GK Morina and us didn't get along on the long term, it was uh, it was not very specific about what uh, each of us could do to break or uh, remain in the contracts basically right. so we we built it by ourselves without a lawyer and and i know wow. that it's it's not the best thing but at the time we didn't have any money so we like to do this kind of thing i remember that uh toma toma wanted to give more more percentage okay. to GK Marina because like I'm more ambitious and I always want like bigger uh bigger piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so we we did find an agreement and things went well. What was the agreement? Uh we I think we defined twenty five percent for GK Marina. Okay. Uh twenty five of the product. So it's not really equity, it's like uh, GK Marina had rights on the profits or the exits of of tweet hunter which is okay. one of the product of pony express the, the company behind it what if you wouldn't sell like would he also get some some dividends or something well um, he would get like 25 percent of uh the profits that would uh that that twitter is making every month so during wow. like before before we sold the, the tool was highly profitable, so every month we were hiring him some money, like two k, five k, ten k, It's crazy. It's that's a lot of percentage to give. I'm I'm with you here. Twenty five percent to someone that you barely know, just because he has forty k and a good attitude. Because like forty k, it's it's really good. But I mean, you have now fifty k, right? So. Uh, there's a lot of people that have even much more than that, right? 
the thing is, it's it's not only based on followers. GK Molina, he, he has like this ability to go viral quite often. Yeah. And and every time he did, it was like a hundred of subscribers for Tweet Hunter. So it's wow. like it, he was bringing uh, value, a lot of value. Did he show that before uh, signing the contract? Was he already kind of promoting and could you somehow anticipate uh, his impact so, in the business? So we, we made the contract in a way that um, his, his percentage of Twitter would, would go up with uh, how many people he would bring to a Tweet Hunter. So it was not okay. 25% straight away. It's, it started at zero. He rounded to 10%, then 20 then 25 So it was... Uh, Got it. Yeah, it was well, well done in this perspective. Yeah, yeah. When you signed that contract, do you remember that the feeling of, okay, it's done. I have, yeah. We have given 25%. Were you anxious? Like, Do you remember that part? Not not anxious, more like demanding. Like, uh, oh. we signed it, so now you have to deliver. Okay. Uh, how, how, how is that demanding, Thibaut? Like, do you... Are you like micromanaging too much? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not really micromanaging. I, I think I was like ten years ago. Now I'm more like uh, direct. It's straight to the point. And like okay. I will, I will ask like hard questions. But so like, how many people did you bring this week? Or what did what did you do yesterday to to help the growth? Things like that. Right. Do you do you remember the first uh, the first uh, Twitter launch? Tell me about that process. What did you do? GK Morin, he did a nice job at uh, planning a launch that would not only last one day. Um, during a, like a week before, he was building this this FOMO about the launch. Like he was uh, about to publish a new Twitter tool that would like uh, change change the game, change the Twitter right. game. Um, people on the mailing list could just access the launch before with the discounts. Then during the launch, a lot of he like he managed to get a lot of people to uh, to talk about the tool on the D day. Uh, okay. And then we had like this price increase at the end of like a few days after the launch. We were planning for the price increase. It was like the ultimate chance to get Twitter to for a low price yeah. before the price increase and and all of that. Together, it had been a great success. What What was the impact in terms of MRR? Like from five to eighteen, I think. Okay. Whoa! In uh, like in about, a couple of weeks. Yeah, in three weeks, two weeks. But well, what was crazier is that like we what we anticipated is like after the launch, we anticipated some churn and and like slow down in the growth. Mm-hmm. But what what happened here, which was really I think more because of the products, is that uh, word of mouth started to kick in, and okay. after the launch we start having like twenty percent growth every month, month after month. So we went like from twenty to twenty five to thirty five to fifty quite quite quickly. Ah, so it was compounding. Yes, exactly. And the slowdown that we anticipated never happened. 25% growth month over month can can get quite big quite quickly. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. I can imagine. 
I don't know about you, but for me, this strategy of getting a partnership is somehow surprising. I would never have thought about it. But if I really think about it, I've been learning from Thibaut since we first talked. He was the one that introduced me to the audience-first approach, and he also introduced me to a concept that back then I didn't fully understand, but now I totally get it. We need to find products that from the start have a conversion that is hard to find. Or contrary to what people normally think, your conversion normally goes down because your first clients, the early adopters, are the ones that really need your product. So if you don't get them to convert, what are the chances of your conversion actually going up? Here's Thibaut speaking about that. It's, and it's crazy because when, when I mentioned this idea of shipping multiple projects and, uh, and just choosing the mm -hmm. one that tick all the boxes and, and moving forward, we, we actually applied that uh, later on with our own marketing at Twitter by just shipping a lot of side projects. And, and during this like 18 months, shipping all those free side projects actually uh, made a huge impact on, on the Twitter growth. Like by, by, by many things, by just publishing more content on Twitter, some of them took off and and uh, bring a lot of people in as, as subscribers in the tool. And, and moreover, like the, the, the SEO of those tools uh, took a lot of time to right. build. But when it's here, it's, it's awesome because it's like a constant source of new sign-up for your SaaS. That's, that just, mm -hmm. you're so happy. I'm so happy right now that I published those, those projects like one year ago. Can you give some examples something like, of the tools um, that you the built? The best time to to tweet. Uh, so we analyze your account, your your Twitter accounts, and your followers. So we can tell you the, right. the best, the perfect time. It's very small. It's free. Uh, there is um, this the, the growth challenge. During three months, we have this platform that will track your Twitter growth, and in a, in a, in a leaderboard right. will. Uh, show how you are doing compared to the other. The goal is to motivate you to build this Twitter mm -hmm. audience. There is also uh, we, we did a bunch of them for um, for Tapio too, like uh, post generators, Twitch generators, right. things like that. By the way, for the ones that do not know, Tapio is another company built by Thibaut and Thomas, which is basically the same as Tweet Hunter, but for LinkedIn. Here's him speaking about it. You, you cannot be the best tool if you are doing a tool for Twitter and, and LinkedIn at the same time. And we really want you to have the best tool for Twitter and the best tool for LinkedIn. So it, it, had, it had to be two different products. So each product could perfectly fit in the constraints of the social media. Just to summarize things up until now. So far, in the last two years, Thibaut and the team have built TweetHunter, Tablio, made an amazing partnership and sold the company. The growth of these companies combined was enormous. Now, my question was, how many people were actually working in this? I was very surprised to learn that for most of the time, there were only three, Thibaut, Thomas, and JK Molina. They only actually hired their first developer freelancer much longer along the road. Here's me asking him, when is the best time to hire some external help? I really think that the later, the better. 
except okay. if you if it's like a, a key skill that uh, you need which uh, it's quite strategic to your business like like design or I don't know, like a okay. finance stuff or I don't know so up until then you never hired anyone like freelance or something nope design everything it was you design was Toma uh, okay. the, the building was me let this be a lesson to all the VC startups out there. You don't need a big team to make an amazing product with an excellent growth. Everything seemed to be going amazingly for Thibaut and the team. So I wanted to ask more about the anxiety. I know that they were probably not anxious about money or the success of the product, but I'm sure as indie makers that they probably had low points as well. I remember when I asked you back then, um, what was your biggest fear? You said that your biggest fear, what was keeping you up at night was the, um, the possibility of everything ending, that like you couldn't keep up with this growth. And, uh, and, this, and this got much worse yeah? when Elon Musk started to get in the business. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, doing so, it's, it's still the case right now, we, but we are maybe a little bit less worried. But... Uh, there, there was this entire drama with Elon Musk buying Twitter and, mm -hmm. and him shaming the rules quite often. And, and from the very beginning of this story, we, we have been super worried about just him killing our business. Right. It's super scary. Like, like that, it can happen every day. He did that already, right? With a bunch of apps. Exactly. How do you protect yourself from that? So we, we did by starting Tapio. LinkedIn. It, it's a diversification. Uh, we replicated the same influencer strategy. We worked with uh, Alex Berman um, for a much shorter time because, like, uh, because the the acquisition. Like, um, mm -hmm. We we started working with him on March 2022, and and it it ended with the acquisition. Okay. But uh, interesting yeah. that you that you like replicate basically the same recipe. Yep. I mean, that's that's really smart. That's really, really smart. You have something that works really well on Twitter, and then you basically do the same for another platform. Like, do you have to change something? Are there things that, like, worked really well on Twitter but didn't work on LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, a bunch of things. Like, LinkedIn, the, the, the technical of LinkedIn is much harder. Their API is a nightmare to work with. Okay. So on the product side, uh, a lot of change, a lot of things had had to change. Um, on the marketing side, it's it's hard to tell. Like something that we didn't anticipate is that we we thought that on LinkedIn it would grow much faster than Twitter, okay. and and it was really not the case. And I think that's something that we underestimate is the impact of this um, posted with Twitter below every tweet that used right. to be present and it's not anymore. And on LinkedIn, you don't have this. So when, when something is posted on LinkedIn, you don't know the tool that has been used. Right. I didn't know. Can, can you see that on Twitter? What it was used to post? It, it, it was the case, but not anymore. Uh, so actually, that, that leads me to another question, which is the viral loop, which is something that I've learned to be a very important part of a business, especially if you want to grow really, really fast. Uh, something that 
for example, a lot of Twitter tools have, right? Like Blackmagic, for instance, and um, the the Schnapper tool that they also made and everything. What was that your uh, marketing loop? The the little sentence saying made by Twitter? I think so. Yes, I think so. And also, um, a happy user of Twitter is a user that is growing on Twitter. So he's actually right. having an audience. So if he's successful, uh, he will talk about us. But but why? Like, do you do something for the, for them to talk about you? Um, not really. So they just do because. Uh, we just, they just do. Right. They'll be like, yeah, this is incredible. Uh, I've doubly, I've doubled my audience in a week or something. Something that, okay. that we did, uh, which I think kind of helped, is, is having a very good customer support. Uh, so until very late in the history of, of Twitter, the support button in Twitter was redirecting to my DMs uh, on Twitter. Okay. Right, and I was I was trying to be very fast at answering DMs, and um, when some when someone was suggesting something, it was quickly delivered. I was trying to just do it very fast, shipping the updates, and tell the guy, "Hey, yeah, your ID was is actually a very good one. I just I just added this in Tweet Hunter, and, okay. and people were people were very happy about that, and was tweeting about how we were listening to users, which is true." Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, maybe, maybe I don't know the exact the, the truth about it, but maybe it helped with the growth. Definitely, definitely did. A happy user is a user that will be talking about about you and saying great things. Did you notice the difference once uh, Twitter removed the the little um, caption saying "published by Tweet Hunter"? It's it's very hard to say because they did it a little bit before Christmas. Okay. So, yes, there was a slowdown in the growth, but it's hard to say if it's because of Christmas or because of that. Mm. And the thing is that from, from the very beginning of January, the growth started to like skyrocket. So, okay. I don't know about it. And, and, yeah. and, and the growth is strong right now, but there, there are so many things that could be the, the source of that. It's like, Beginning of the year, so everyone wants to start new things for the new year. Yeah, uh, we we started this growth challenge on Twitter, and it's it's working quite well. And and mm -hmm. that was the acquisition announcements, which again fueled the growth. I think the acquisition will definitely bring a lot of eyeballs to Tweet Hunter, because suddenly an indie maker is selling for uh, millions, right? So a lot of people will definitely look at it. When you did your first launch with Twitter, uh, with uh, J.K. Molina. Were your doubts immediately dissipated when you saw, okay, yeah, <laughs> this was a good bet? Yeah, yeah, very fast, yes. Uh, okay. I think a few weeks after, we were very happy about the results. It was, it was now a question of, okay, um, the launch went great, but we didn't give you 25% just for this launch. We, we gave you 25% for, uh, for growing the tool to like to, to for forever. So I was right. very afraid that GK felt he did the job and would stop, stop doing any other thing. But, but yeah, it, it went well. So of course his involvement uh, went a little bit down 
but he was still promoting uh, the tool by email and by uh, and on Twitter, and he was making a good job at it. One, mm -hmm. one of his key mission was to hire a lot of uh, affiliates for Twitter, and and he did. Like he he was he did a good job. So did you kind of move all the marketing efforts to JK, and you you would focus more in the user support and building new features? It was it was a, a shared role between uh, GK Molina and Thomas. Right. Uh, Thomas is Thomas is more like the the brand uh, owner. Okay. Um, he's he's a very good like he helped me with uh, all the design. Uh, he, he did all the design. I was like just implementing it. Right. Uh, he like he has a very good vision also for the products. How how good is your relationship with Thomas, like uh, business wise? It's Do very we... good because like we know each other for a while. We we founded our, our first startup together. Okay. And we failed together. Uh huh. Uh, so like we we know how each of us will react when things go bad, uh, and we know we know that we are good at some things and we are not at some other things, and we really know how to talk to each other and to like uh, be be honest about things. Okay, which which I think is super important with the co-founder. So far, Thibaut has spoken about all the key pieces that were determined for Tweet Hunter's success. Do you still remember all of them? Let me do a quick recap. First of all, a great product with a Big The Band. Then an amazing partnership with a Twitter influencer. Another amazing partnership with his own co-founder, someone that is very used to work with. And last but not least, the marketing loop and creating a lot of products that brought this nice SEO juice. Now, let's ask him to put everything together and to explain how the growth developed. But before, as promised, here is a word from our sponsor, Hivoe.com. And do not skip this part just yet because I believe this can be really useful for your own any journey. So as I said in the previous episode, Hivoe is a tool that allows you to generate new leads from Twitter DMs. In the last episode, we spoke how we can use Hivoe to send bulk messages to everyone. There'll be a link in the description for that snippet that you can just re-listen. Today, we are going to speak about one of my favorite features, the feature that actually got me to use Hivoe in the first place. This is called the automatic welcome messages. I was actually growing my Twitter back then, and I wanted to engage with everyone that was just following me. But, you know, people just follow me from multiple time zones and I'm not always aware. So sometimes I would just forget and not engage with my followers, which was a pity. I wanted to automate this since forever, but I didn't know how. I just wanted to find a service that would do this. And I found Luca, the creator of Ivoe. And Ivoe was exactly this. It was a simple way to set up a welcome message. Now, there are many other features that are super useful, but today, as I said, let's speak just about this. Signing up in Hivoe is very simple. You just go there and sign up with Twitter. It's a no-brainer, really. It really is. You can do it as well for free. And then you go to the welcome message tab on the side. You just go under automations, welcome message. And now it's very simple. You just write your message as simple as that and and here is a trick try to make this message as personalized 
as possible. Because if people know that they are talking to a bot, they probably won't engage. So I always try to make it funny, personalized, and always end up with an open question. Here's mine. Hey, thanks for your follow. Can I ask you what was the reason that motivated you to follow my account? Need to make sure I don't disappoint. And I have to say, a lot of people answer and most people do not know that they are talking to an automated message. And even the ones that do, I get this sometimes, they don't mind. They know that I will be answering them afterwards. This is the best conversation started and I have been learning so much from my followers. This is a great North Star for me to know what I should tweet more, what my audience want to hear, and as well to make great connections. I have met a lot of people through these automatic DMs. I highly recommend you. And you can just go and set up this for free. You have, I think, a certain quota of messages you can send for free. And you just have to go to hivoe.com, sign up, and in five minutes you have everything set up and believe me, it's really worth it. We do have a discount for you. You can use OFF10, O-F-F-10, once you sign up and you get a discount just for you, the WBE listener. Thank you, HiveWe.com and Luca for sponsoring this episode. All the links together with a discount are in the show notes of this episode, so just make sure to go there and check it out. Now, let's go back to Thibaut explaining how the growth of uh, Tweet Hunter developed after the partnership. So September 2021, we reached 20K mm -hmm. uh, with the launch. Uh, then I think November 2021, we did the Project Hunt launch with a bunch of new features. Right. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that in January, we started the year at 35K, uh, thanks to the Project Hands launch and the few other things that we did. Uh, during the winter, like January, February, March, we had the growth challenge, Twitter right. growth challenge. It, it helped a lot, bring a lot of people, and I think by the end of the winter, we were at like 25K, uh, no, sorry, 60, 60K, 60K. MR. And from yeah. this, how, how much is actual like profit? Like what are your expenses really? Because it's only three of you, right? So at the time we hired a developer, most of the expenses are, are the AI costs, some server mm -hmm. costs, but basically we, we were like 50% profitable. Wow. So 50% so, of this would like go for you. Uh, yeah, basically, actually okay. just go, go to the company and stay there because like we didn't know what to do with the money. So how would you pay yourself? So a, a piece of that would go to us. And so we you started... define the salary? Yeah, we started paying ourselves a salary on January 2022. Okay. And, and we, we increased this salary every month, um, at this, as, as long as we, we just told ourselves that we would just increase the salary as long as Twitter is growing. It was, we, we, we had this high motivation yeah. of just <laughs> making the growth like, to continue to just uh, increase our salary. How, did, how do, does one define a salary? Like your first salary, uh, how do you define that? It's like, okay, the minimum we need to live or? Yeah, we started okay. with that. We started with that, and then we increased it uh, based on the growth of the of the tool. Right. And how was your lifestyle while like this this whole process? Like, 
were you working hard? Um, were you traveling? Because I know you're also a digital nomad. Like, uh, how was your lifestyle? Um, so I have been nomad for like two years. Uh, been to Thailand for six months. Uh, just coming back from Bali, uh, where I have been for the last six months. So my my main uh, expenses are like uh, flights and okay. uh, and accommodation, like a right. finding a house, r- renting a house, and but but the lifestyle itself didn't really change. Like uh, my my wife uh, had have ha- has the same salary, so we just try to keep it balanced and and not go crazy at all. So. Mm-hmm. Basically, I I didn't really change anything. I don't know why. But <laughs> the thing well, is, what, I don't really need money. What What about work? Like, do you, do you have to do you take time for you to spend time uh, with your wife to like enjoy life, or like how long do you work? Like, do you think you work too much? Uh, I don't know if I work too much because like at when I was in Bali, I was my, my day my work day basically ended at like four or five in the afternoon. So it was okay. not like crazy. Uh, I'm definitely working more when I, when I am in Paris, I don't know why, but it's like, I, I feel <laughs> like the, the city makes you want to work more because there's like nothing to do outside, <laughs> but I have been very lucky because I have a daughter too. And I had a lot of time for last two, oh, that's great. two, two years to just enjoy life with her. Yeah, being in Bali or in Thailand was was awesome. Like so many things to do with kids there. So it's possible to be a dad and have a business, indie business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I'm really, I, I'm a strong believer that uh, if you don't do any meetings, and if you have like four hours per day of deep work, you can achieve a lot. Okay. In those time, I was. I was trying to work like six hours per day of deep work, and and I think that's that's enough to do a lot. Uh, but I I will not lie, like um, I was also working a lot during evenings. Mm. My my wife is a hard worker too, so we we get along on that. Yeah, uh, but I'm happy but, I had time with my daughter. Right, because the daughter, I guess, uh, doesn't care if you. Are a hard worker or not, right? Like you, uh, yeah. She will need exactly. you. She just wants to go to the pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did the the conversation about selling started popping up? So in like January or February, uh, we we had this talk with Thomas that we weigh out our goal of reaching 10k MR uh, was long gone, so it was about. Um, we we should like start working on on selling, and the crazy right. thing is like we we hired a guy, a broker, to help us sell the company. Okay. And he was a really good guy. He did a good job, but but it didn't work. What is this? What is a broker? What what is it's, like? It's like how do you pay? How, how what what is his role? It's like a a, a guy who who knows a lot of big companies um, and who will introduce you to to those uh, big companies uh, in in the context of this acquisition 
Okay. Um, it's it's super helpful because he will like package all the numbers, uh, build a very nice deck, and and he has like good relationships with with a lot of uh, very very like uh, very interesting people. Um, but all the companies that we started talking to, they were uh, quite old companies. Okay. And like companies like HubSpots. Right. Very big companies. And we had we had a very different culture. Like it was it was hard to understand each other. We were still quite small and um and all of them they were asking us to stay two years in business. And it was super hard for Toma and I to accept that we would need to move on from our plan of just sell and right. build something new right away to stay two years with a buyer which has a very different culture than us. Right. We kept, we kept uh, exploring more options. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy, like Guillaume, um, the guy, I was, I was with him in middle school when we were right. like 12. I had like reached out to him a year before about just like talking about our businesses because I knew that he created something quite awesome, which was Lemlists, a cold email uh, outreach tool. Ah, so your friend is the founder of this company. Yep, exactly. Got it. And um, it was like, I think in, in, in a year, it was like the third or fourth time we had lunch together. Mm-hmm. And I told him about the acquisition and how it was going and how the all, all the all the company we were talking to were not really a good fit. And, and I think like, he didn't think about it before, but for him, it was obvious that it was a super interesting deal because Guillaume, Guillaume built his entire company based on personal brand. Like right. he, he as a founder built a very strong brand on LinkedIn. Uh, he's quite active on Instagram. Uh, YouTube too, and he started doing a, a bit of um, Twitter, and he knows that a personal brand will make you sell ten times more. It's yes. it's the it's the new way to sell, and he he has so much trust in this that he really wanted to to acquire our company, and the conversation was so different compared to every other company we talked yeah. to before because he has the same culture same age same language uh we wanted to go in the same direction right he understand he was understanding every every aspect of our business we had basically the same clients so the deal was super easy to build together and i think in two weeks on whatsapp uh, on whatsapp we, that's incredible yeah, we defined all the details and and it was a match was 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 it some some details of that that was harder for you to to let go uh, that you didn't want to let go and you had to? Um, I don't know, Lord. I know. I think we are quite happy about the about about uh, the deal. One thing is that one thing that was quite important for us is that um, the growth is so strong that. Um, we don't know. We don't know how the tool is gonna grow under two years. Yeah, and most of the money 
will come as an earnout, meaning that we get a small percentage of this money upfront when the acquisition is signed. And most of the money will come based on on the objectives, on goals, right? On, on actually on growth goals. It was okay for us, but something that was really important is that if we went, if if we would go way above the goals, we wanted more money. Like if the goal was to go to ten million uh, in annual revenue, and and we told Guillaume, but what if what if we go twenty? Right. What, what if we go 25 and, and he was, he was really awesome about accepting that, um, the deal was uncapped, meaning that we can go, we can go to infinite numbers and we would just get a piece of that. That's crazy. That's it's uh... like the, the next two years will not be, uh, easy for us. So, like it, it adds a lot of pressure on us because like uh, we have very big goals and uh, and the higher we go, the the more uh, the more money we will make out of this acquisition. Right. Can can you give some um, details on the acquisition? Is there something that you share? Like how much was it? And um... uh, so I I shared a bunch of that on Twitter. It's right. it's basically it's a eight figures deal. So it's above ten million. Okay, because when I was checking uh, J.K. Molina, when I was speaking about this, he said around 1.8 million or something like this. Um, um, he, he said like 1.4. 1.4, yeah. That's the upfront money that ah. uh, was sold for. So, But most, most of the money is coming after that based on goals. And he, he shared only the 1.4 because that's the money that he gets shared on. So it it doesn't get any more. Uh, no, because from like uh, it was the 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 buyer, uh, Lempire, wanted like a, a clean state uh, for the products, and uh, he they wanted us as product leaders to stay right. on for two years. But there was no real point on keeping uh, the influencer deal. So the influencer deal broke, and like GK Molina is not working with us anymore. Okay. We still have very good relationships. So just for, for me to make sure I understood, you get this 1.4 million up front, which you share uh, between you, JK Molina, and Toma, yep. right? And then after that, you'll depend, after two years, depending on how much your company is making, you will define the price or based on yeah. that, like, Something and that's like that. why you say it's eight figure because yeah, exactly. Okay. Got it. So I guess my, my question is how does it feel to be an indie millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it feels strange, but you know, like, um, it's, we, we, we worked on this deal for like months. So we were kind of prepared to, for that. Uh, so it's not, it's not really a surprise. It's like you, then you get the money on your account and you do, you have no idea about what to do with this money. So like, uh, it's, it's, it feels a bit weird to say that, but it's like, it, it just has a, a bunch of new problems and, and so now I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really enjoying having money because I just don't want to spend it because I, I don't want to have a crazy lifestyle. So I don't know okay. what I'm going to do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's, um, it's, it's funny because 
like I don't know if you if you uh, heard about that, but I have just been selected for like maker of the year by by Project Hunt. Oh yes, yes, congrats! And, and the news the news arrived like Tuesday this week, and I was like much more happy about that, <laughs> even if there was like no money involved, <laughs> and I don't know why, but the the fact that it was like totally unexpected. And and based on like yeah. just an award, like I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb, <laughs> but uh, I mean, so good. You definitely deserve it because I don't know many indie makers that are millionaires. Like uh, we have Peter Levels, right? And then I don't know at least the ones from my Twitter bubble. I don't know many that maybe some of them would be able to sell their companies for for some million. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't actually, how do you, how do you sell a company, right? So imagine you have a company making, making 10K, uh, sorry, 100K ARR. Uh, is it like 10, uh, 5X, 10X, 2X? What is the X? <laughs> it's, I, I think it's, it's really weird because like uh, people tend, like Twitter especially, tend to make you think that there is very specific standards for, for setting the company. Right. The thing is, like, with with our talk with the uh, Empire and Guillaume, it it seems like we can do pretty much whatever we want. So like, we we manage to sell for like ten times our annual revenue. Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it was the risk was very low for the buyer because because of the deal structure because there there is a high earnouts and a right. very low upfront money. It was it was a win-win for both of us, right? So it's not as simple as okay, ten times our ARR done. You actually yeah, exactly. have a lot of constraints. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes a little sense. Yeah. Um, when okay, I I get it that it, you you were preparing this deal for a long time, but at some point you realize that you were able to fulfill the dream, like selling the company, making millions. Right. Do you remember when that, uh, when you figured out that? I think, <laughs> I think it was when, uh, like, like during the acquisition, our lawyers were, were arguing about very small details of the deal. We, we were, we agreed with pretty much everything with <laughs> Guillaume, but our lawyer didn't agree between each, between each other. <laughs> Okay, and and I think it was when when our lawyers finally uh, found an agreement with those little details that then like yes, I I realized that it was gonna happen, and and there was like no no more any obstacles in front of us. Describe that feeling for someone that has a five hundred dollar oh. MRR. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe you will be disappointed, but like. Uh, <laughs> I didn't feel, I didn't feel a lot because, um, like selling your company is, is also selling your baby. So right. I'm still, I'm still a little bit scared about what this baby will become and where it will go. It's like, it's like a piece of me that goes away. So you cannot, you cannot feel 100% happy about it. You are also feeling that you are losing a piece of yourself right so it's it's a lot of mixed feelings uh -huh. are you afraid that you'll you will never have 
a tweet under like product that this was a once in a lifetime kind of deal so i yeah i i talked with this very successful founder he had this very successful sale and then he started building something new again and and something unexpected happened it's like the product he sold were super successful but when he started building something new it was like okay how can i make something as good as what i did before right and he started getting into these very depressing states where starting feeling that he would never build something as good as as he did before and during like six months to uh, to one year he didn't really succeed in building something um useful or relevant and i'm super afraid of feeling the same before when you start nothing no one is expecting you if you if you sold your company the next thing that you will build and and ship people will be looking at you or, or at least you will feel that way you will feel like people are looking at you and it's not true it's feeling like you are it's i think it's going to block you to shipping crappy things and you need to do it again you know what i mean i i totally well i i understand it's funny because the way you're talking it makes me not want to sell my company for millions <laughs> But at the same time, you have the recipe. Don't don't you feel that you have the recipe? Because, I mean, you failed a lot before uh, and probably you'll fail again, right? But you understand the recipe of what it takes to build an indie company. Um, don't you think that with this recipe, you by just following it and like putting all the pressure apart, um, you will somehow achieve... I, and of course, it doesn't matter how much money you make, right? Because that's not how we should measure a company. We should measure a company about, uh, with the value it brings to the users, right? But if you have that recipe, can't you just like replicate it? I have no idea I have a recipe. Like uh, I, this is the first time ever that I, I sell a product from a more than four, four million millions. So I think we will see in a few years if I have a recipe or not. But for now, I'm just a guy who applied one technique and it was successful. And the, the thing is like, Twitter is full of survival bias. Like people who did something one way and it worked for them. So this one way should be the way to go. Right. And what, what I did is not the only way. And there are like multiple ways to build successful startups. So mm -hmm. I will need a couple more tries to see if it's really a successful way. Do you feel like like a fraud still? Like, do you feel that like maybe this was a fluke that that you were lucky? Because it's interesting that that you said that you were more happy with the fact that you got this award of me being the maker of the year. Or that for me makes total sense. But somehow this proves that you are not a fraud. Is is that a, is that where somehow connected that you think well maybe this was just like now I need to prove that I can rep replicate this. Uh, so of, of course. Uh, we worked hard and uh, like the, the fact that we were constantly shipping new things is, is really based on hard work. And the thing is, we worked on an ID that was at the, we were at the very beginning of a trend, like personal branding, which exploded in the last two years. 
So we right. were at the very, at the perfect spots and at the perfect moments. And we like, we triggered this latch, like, because, because of the early process that we adopted yeah, two years exactly. ago, sh yeah. shipping one project every week for like four months, we, we, we triggered it. Like we, we made it, we, we, we optimized, we created a system that was optimized for us to work on the best projects and but but still we got a bit lucky i think i think lucky is always important right we always yeah. need a little bit of luck but you also as you said you, you it's something that you build luck is something that you can also build for um and you're ready for it once the the lucky strikes one thing for sure there's one issue maybe you you don't remember this already but one of the biggest issues of being an indie maker is like the lack of money right like the stress of oh no i need to make money I, I need to make ends meet i feel that like once you put that stress aside the whole process becomes much more pleasant don't you feel that yeah i agree very much honestly like if if you are working solo just make like 1k or 2k mr and then and then uh, you can just be more relaxed and, and build more yeah. uh, for yourself, have fun, optimize for fun. Yeah. And the thing is, like, if you, if you uh, do not have a crazy lifestyle, it's actually quite easy to build savings and then try to just uh, quit your job and start being an indie maker. It's right. also something that you can do on the side, like uh, build with a full-time job. It's not easy, but I think you yeah, can do it. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely not easy. Like, I think you are definitely under, underestimating what you have achieved. I think you can, I think you can yeah. validate as a side project. And then once you have validated, you may need to go full-time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for sure it's not easy. There's a lot of things that you know already that maybe you don't even notice, but a lot of things that are just intuition for you that a lot of people, like, I think the the one where you decide to kill a project early on, it's a perfect example of something that most people don't do. Most people will work in a project for six, seven, a year without making any money, uh, trying, like, their best to get get some users, which is something that you you would not do. Um, what, what is, so now you're doing this for two years, right? So that's the, that's the goal. You're going to continue do, doing this for two years. Is that a, is that an issue for you? Because now you don't get to build something new. Um, I, I thought it was an issue when we were talking with, uh, very old companies, uh, that was not realigned with us. Um, working with Lempire for now has been super nice. So... For now, it's not an issue, and I, I don't think it will be. We see that we are, they, they are super nice, and and they understand that we are entrepreneurs, and we need to be free. Like we we value our freedom, and they they respect that. Right. So for now, it's a match. Do you have freedom to start other other projects as well? Yeah, we don't have to ask. We can okay. do it. So what what is next? What is next for for Tibo? Do you also want like help to help? the indie community, uh, because like, I don't know if you realize that, but this is a, like a milestone for this community, right? Like, because 
Startup, VC-founded startups, we already know that they can sell for these millions, but they also get a lot of millions uh, as in investment, right? But seeing these indie companies now being able to sell for millions is something that it's, for me, groundbreaking, right? Do you see yourself in a world where you can help this indie community uh, to get bigger and improve? I have I have started... Uh... I would I would love to do that more. Like I have started by investing in one of the indie makers that I love. It's it's a Banu on Twitter building oh, yeah, no. a feather. Yeah, like it's a it's a blogging solution based on right. uh, Notion. Um, and I would love to do it more. Like um, uh, finding very interesting indie makers and investing in them. It's not easy because. Um, some a lot of them don't need money and I respect that. And on the other side, a lot of other people are really early stages. It's hard to know if if their product um is is suitable or not. So I would love to do it more. It's it's really not easy because like the VC model is I think it's it's not there's no there's no it doesn't fit with indie makers. Yeah. So there So what need, model fits? Yeah, exactly. That's a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. For me, uh, I think it's the JK Molina model. Like for, for me, it's like yeah. you have 50K, you have 50K followers plus a, a, a Twitter product, uh, invest on uh, Ivoe from, from, for instance, the community from Luca. Yeah. So you, you're, you're basically saying that indie makers need distribution more than money. Yeah. And I think that's true. Definitely. That's the biggest issue. Like we don't want to give equity away uh, for money, right? But we would give a, a portion of our MRR for distribution. Like, of course, why not? Yeah, right? I agree. Um, cool. I think that's uh, that's some, definitely something that I'm excited to see what you'll be able to do for, with that. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing again your uh, your journey here in the in the WB. Uh, podcast it's incredible really I was checking like yeah September we had a chat uh, you're making 2k or 3k and now uh, selling for millions it's really uh, incredible it, it's really motivating so thank you so much for for being here again and to share your journey well thank you Thiago for having me it's it's always a pleasure and this was the end of my conversation with Thibaut I have to say that this podcast, starting this and having the chance to speak with so many other makers has been life-changing for me. It's such a learning experience and I am really, really happy to have started this about two years ago. I hope that you also learned alongside with me in this podcast. And if you do, please make sure to share this with your friends. And if you want to contribute for this podcast growth, as well, you can become a member of the WB space. It's my community, community for indie makers, community where Luca, the founder of Hivoe, is a member and a lot of us are just there supporting each other. It costs 10 bucks per month and you can join and at the same time you'll be supporting this podcast. The link will also be in the show notes. I am so happy to see startups or indie companies developing like this to raising to the point of being 
in a million dollar valuation or more. This just proves that our community, the indie community, has a lot of potential and I want to see more of you reaching this valuation. And I also want to see myself, I guess, <laughs> getting there. So I will be always sharing my journey here in the WB podcast and interviewing other makers. Now, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Again, thank you, Hivoe, for sponsoring the podcast. If you want to get and try out Hivoe and get our discounts, just make sure to check out the show notes. And as well, everything will be there together with links and everything that you need. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.